win and you are in folks it is almost playoff time in the usl and tulsa is right in the mix just win one game you can play that's all you got to do we'll break it down talk about the scenarios and also this weekend tough match in tulsa we'll we'll get through some group therapy here we'll talk about it what happened in the match that and then also we will do a little preview of the next one on Wednesday, playing Phoenix Rising. But first, the clouds getting dark. The wind's starting to change directions. Uh, you know, it's time to get inside because it is another episode of Tornado Sock Parkers. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today on Tornado Ice Soccer Podcast. Yes, we are doing two in a row. We're getting back into the routine. I hope you guys and gals are having a great Monday today. If you're a Roughnecks fan, uh, it's a little bit of a tough weekend. A big match in Tulsa against San Antonio FC. You know, going into this match, I knew it would be a difficult, difficult match. San Antonio's looking to advance itself in the playoff run, make itself you know, get a better seed, and and they did, uh, unfortunately, to the um, to the demise of the Tulsa Roughnecks, a two nil victory for San Antonio FC at One Oak Field on Saturday. So let's kind of go through the highlights and and talk about this match and and, and break it down today. So uh, initially, I thought Tulsa. Well, we'll just go through some of the highlights here in the tenth minute. Uh, on Tulsa's end of the pitch, Billy Forbes, a name some folks around here are familiar with. Uh, Billy Forbes uh, took a took a shot at the top of the box as he crossed it from the left to right. Nice, it was, it was a really good shot. Probably the really the best chance uh, F- San Antonio FC really had in the first half. Uh, ball was collected by Fabian Serta. No harm, no foul. Still nil nil in the tenth minute, and just a minute later in the eleventh. Juan Pablo Caffa gets the ball, collects the ball at the top of the of the box on the uh, right hand side, and, and let lets it loose, and the ball goes near post, and Restrepo making the stop. Then a minute later, really Tulsa had a had some possession here in the first half, and had really had some great chances, but uh, in was going down the left hand side, which he touched the ball quite a bit uh, on Saturday, but. He was running down the left-hand side, went almost down the baseline, as I would call it in basketball, and almost made something out of nothing and, and just got the ball. Restrepo was there, some defenders deflecting the ball around. Uh, I think um, uh, Bourgeois was kind of in the mix there and I thought somebody may be able to pull the trigger there, but nothing to it. Scramble for the ball, and defenders ended up clearing it out. But that was a it was kind of one of those – moments where he kept seeing it happen and Ian was running down the sideline and was running it, was making moves to get around defenders and he thought maybe somebody could run in there and get the deflection, but nothing to it. Still nil-nil, 12th minute. And then at 37th, uh, Juan Pablo Caffa had had a nice free kick and he had a couple of free kicks. You, you thought, oh, he's, he has a chance. If anytime you get the ball around the – uh, the 12, the 18 yard box, and and Kaffa's hitting it. You know, you always have a chance. 
This one was a little further out in between the halfway mark and the 18, 18 yard box, but either way, left foot sends it into the mixer and Jadama catches the ball right in front of goal, kicks it hard. Restrepo jumped out of his skin to catch it, to, to deflect it near post. A uh, really good save by Restrepo, and, or, to his credit, had a really nice match. Kept the score nil-nil. And then about a minute later, uh, Rivas uh, came across, ran up from the back a little bit, and uh, tried to slot one on far post. He was outside the 18. It was a pretty tough shot, but uh, just went wide. Just went wide and out of reach for the goal, but uh, made some made a nice uh, athletic move there to get around a defender and, 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 and get that shot off. Uh, so we go to halftime, nil-nil at this point. Uh, really, you know, to me, uh, Tulsa had, I thought, had a good chunk of possession, had really good chances uh, with um, Shadama's shot and, and really with uh, Kaffa with the, with, the, with the shot near post, you know, almost caught Restrepo. Uh, but he didn't, and ball, the game was nil-nil. And I remember talking to a couple people at halftime thinking, you know, we really should have uh, took advantage of those opportunities. I think that might come back and bite us, unfortunately. And it did. And unfortunately, it did, right? I uh, hate being right sometimes, but occasionally I am. But this time, uh, Tulsa in the, the 70th minute, Marco Jong, Cameroonian national, on the far post of the of the free kick. Free kick comes in and makes a nice header back of the net. One nil San Antonio seventieth minute. And at that point, really San Antonio had a lot of possession. I thought, and really, you know, if it was a boxing match, I would have given them the round up to that point in the second second half, just because they had most of the possession and they made some sort of adjustment, played a little more aggressive, you know, made some touches and, and nice passes there in the second half to maintain that possession. And I thought it was really a tale of two halves at this point. Tulsa, you know, put the possession in the first and then San Antonio in the second and San Antonio capitalized on one of their opportunities in the 70th minute with Ojong with the goal. And then a few minutes later, uh, Tulsa with the ball had a, corner and uh, Juan Pablo Kaffa sends it in and it was one of those balls that was kind of floating in the air and Restrepo uh, Diego Restrepo jumped up and just you know knocked it over the post but it was coming in and almost curling toward goal and, and he had to make a little bit of a play there but there was all sorts of offensive players around that ball too and he just simply knocks it over the the, the, the top post but Another opportunity, maybe if he didn't make that play, Tulsa would have had a couple of attackers there just waiting for that ball. But not to it, didn't happen. And then we go in the 88th minute, old Billy Forbes catches uh, Tulsa with men up because we're you know, Tulsa trying to get the goal, get the, get the draw, and got numbers caught up on the other end. Forbes runs down in a three-on-two type situation, and he – Rips the ball from top post or from the top of the box, and it goes to nail San Antonio, and that would be the final. So a tough break there for Tulsa. You know, for you know, 
playoff concerns. We'll, we'll kind of get into all of that here momentarily. But, you know, to me, it was going to be a tough match to win. San Antonio is a you know, really good playoff contender, playoff championship contender type team. Right now, I think they jumped from fourth to third, if I'm not mistaken, in that match, thanks to a Swope Park loss. Uh, on the night so they got to move ahead of Swope Park there due to their loss uh, against oh let's see was it RGV yeah I'm sorry it was yeah yeah anyway so that actually no it was a draw against RGV that's right they were RGV was winning most of the match and I looked down and the game was over and it was 2-2 but I know RGV had led most of that match so uh, Swope Park loses, and then actually, no, San Antonio did not jump them. I, I stand corrected because of the weird tiebreaker. Games one is a tiebreaker instead of gold diff. Yeah, so either way, they still would be ahead of Swope, or Swope Park would still be ahead of San Antonio. So they are tied, a three-way tie, actually, if we're second place with uh, Reno 1868 FC with 55 points. So huge, look at that. It's a big log jam for second place. Uh, really, any of those three teams will be hosting, you know, for teams that are fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth right now. Any one of those three teams you, you may be traveling to, simply put. And I say fifth because, or fifth, sixth, seventh, you know, eighth looks like Monarchs are pulling away a little bit. And in fact, just doing some quick math here, uh, the Monarchs would have, yeah, Monarchs have clinched first place. So if you're in eighth place, you'll be going to Saint or wow, you'll be going to uh, Salt Lake City for your first round. So that's really all we do know. Everything else is, is a little bit of a mess. And for Re for the Monarchs to get to that clinching spot, uh, they blanked Reno three nil. I believe that match was at home at at Reno too, if I'm not mistaken. I guess not everybody can have as much luck as, as Tulsa has had against the Monarchs. You know, it's just a little bit of a funky matchup there. But, yeah, it was at Greater Nevada Field, 3-0. So that is a big win for the Monarchs, which obviously it was because they clinched first place for the Western Conference. So going down the list here, right now, like I said, we had that three-way tie, or I don't know if it's really a tie, but you have – because there's actually tiebreakers and and they're and they are s uh, situated as such. So, Monarchs and then we got Reno, Swope, San Antonio, all with 55 points. And San Antonio actually has a match in hand, so they've only played 29. Reno and Swope Park have played 30. And I mean, actually, let me run that math again. 15. So it looks like actually San Antonio could catch Real Monarch. So forget everything I just said. I forgot about that match in hand. I'm just doing math on the fly here. So, yeah, anyway, uh, so Monarchs could, yeah, so San Antonio could catch the Monarchs in first place. So I apologize for the previous statement. And then you have Phoenix Rising there at 40, 49 points, 29 played, who will be Tulsa's next opponent on Wednesday. And then you have Sacramento Republic at 45, Tulsa at 43 points, with the energy at 43 as well. Tulsa with the tiebreaker, as Tulsa has 13 matches won, 
Oklahoma City with 12. So really razor-thin margins we're dealing with here uh, as far as Tulsa being ahead of Oklahoma City Energy. And by the way, if you're going to the next tiebreaker, which I believe is Gold Diff, which I don't know why that's not the first tiebreaker, but anyway, um, Gold Diff, you have Tulsa at minus one and OKC at zero. So pretty razor thin. All, all Oklahoma City has to do is win a game in Tulsa. If they have the same amount of wins, you have to really start paying attention to that goal differential. But anyway, so the next team below that is a switchbacks at 30 games, 30 matches played, 38 points. Uh, if Colorado Springs wins out and Tulsa doesn't win a match in their last three, yeah, Colorado Springs could be could cause a problem. But the one I'm more that has a match in hand with Colorado Springs, I guess, well, well I should say they have 29 plates. So they have a match in hand, and they're at 37 points. Uh, I think the bigger threat would be Orange County as they have three more matches. 37 points uh, puts Tulsa in striking range there because they would have, if they could win out in Tulsa and not win another match, they would be three points ahead. But I, I think that would be pretty unlikely at this point. But you never know. It's this time of the, it gets this time of the end of the season. Things get weird. Things get weird. So, uh, But Orange County, let's talk about them when, just for a second. They lost to the Colorado Springs switchbacks in Colorado Springs. 2-1 was the final there. And that was a match I told folks, hey, you may want to pay attention just to see what happens there because there's two teams that are behind us that could cause problems later later for us if, if the results don't go our way. So that match went, I think, kind of went Tulsa's way because Colorado Springs, like I said, has played 30 matches. And, you know, if, Tulsa, if Orange County would have won that match, that would have put them at 40 points, just three points behind Tulsa with, three more matches left. So I think there'd have been a lot more pressure there if Orange County would have got the victory. If we would have got the victory on Saturday, this we wouldn't be talking about this right now. We'd be talking about seven, six or eight place because Tulsa would have clinched. But as it stands, it's not the case. And then Colorado Springs. Actually, let me go back to Orange County just for a, just for a moment and talk about their remaining matches as as they have uh, matches that we need to kind of pay attention to. And I said this, I tweeted this out last week, was this Orange County home against Sacramento on Wednesday. So we've got two huge matches on Wednesday. Sacramento OC, Tulsa at Phoenix. Folks will be paying attention to those matches. And I don't want to get any further than that, so let's just take it one game at a time. Those are the matches that we need to pay attention to. Switchbacks, I believe, are off during the midweek and have a match. Yeah, so they play actually Sacramento and Colorado Springs. Sacramento makes a trip to Wardner Field in Colorado Springs on Saturday. But we'll worry about Saturday. Hopefully I can drop another podcast before here in Saturday and maybe we can get a guest on. Uh, Minta reached out to a couple folks today. Couldn't make it work. I am... feverishly get trying to get some guests on for you folks to hear somebody other than me and maybe get a, a different uh, or a 
somebody to that I can bounce ideas and talk to because I just feel like I'm just talking, which I am, just talking to myself. I like to talk to other people. So hopefully we'll get some folks on so you don't have to hear me the whole time. That's what I do for you folks. Uh, <laughs> all right, and let's talk about the energy just for a moment, if we may. Uh, the Oklahoma City Energy will host Swell Park Rangers on the 8th. That'll be Sunday, next Sunday. Or, well, if you're listening to this podcast on Monday, the, it would be this Sunday. I'm recording on Sunday. It's kind of confusing. But anyway, um, so big matches here. Phoenix rising right now. Let's let's just kind of talk about what they're doing. They're right now six points ahead of the rough, Roughnecks. Uh, be a little bit of a stretch to catch them, considering they have a little bit of a favorable schedule here towards the end as they – uh, play RGV at home and Portland Timbers two at home. You think between those two matches they would get three points, maybe six, if we're being honest. You know, so I think that they would be a little bit of a stretch to catch. It really, you just can't be focusing on that kind of thing. You, you just got to win your matches. But just for people like me that like to look at these numbers and nerd out over it, okay, they can mathematically, yeah, but I think realistically, there that that would be a stretch. But if you get a win here, Tulsa gets the win on Wednesday, it becomes more plausible. But Phoenix is still in control of their own destiny at this point. And then we have Sacramento, like I said, playing OC on Wednesday. Huge match there. Then at Colorado Springs on Saturday. And then bringing it home, finish off. Well, actually, they won't be home. They're finish off season in Reno which Reno will be desperately looking to get a result as they try to stay in second place in the Western Conference. So anyway, so some good matches there. Phoenix Rising, let's just kind of take a look at them. Uh, kind of had a surprising defeat, in, in my opinion, that they played so well and then go on the road to Sacramento and uh, give up that match there uh, into a result of 2-0 for Sacramento Republic. And, you know, it, it was a little bit – Sacramento was kind of playing okay, and then you had this red-hot team, Phoenix, coming into town. And, you know, it, it was just – I guess they cooled off, right? I think that, you know, Phoenix really wanted to get that result, really try to stay in that position of getting fourth place and, and being able to host a first-round match. Uh, nothing to it there. I think they've got a little bit of work to do since it's – 55 and then 49 they would have to win out in order to catch any of those teams at 55 or actually wouldn't have to win out they'd yeah i'd have to win out and then uh, hope that those teams lose or drop points so it, mathematically yeah you can you can catch some of those teams at 55 but you know i think that they'll take care of business get three points but you never know phoenix has to win out in order to make that plausible and if they lose on Wednesday, it becomes less and less the case. So they will be absolutely ready, ready to go on on Wednesday. And I believe that is a – let me get a time for you guys here. All right, that is a 9 p.m. Central kickoff or Tulsa time. Kickoff in Phoenix on Wednesday night. I know there is a watch party at Empire Bar – 
So if you aren't doing anything or if you don't have young kids, go on out. Enjoy yourself. Treat yourself. But for those who do and that start getting sleepy at 10 p.m., ooh, ooh, me, me, yeah, yeah, I'll be at my house in comfy clothes, hopefully staying awake. Hashtag old dude probs. Anyway, uh, it's been interesting. Uh, Didier Drogba, Omar Bravo, uh, Sean Wright Phillips, those are, you know, the big names that are playing for Phoenix, and, and I guess that investment did pay off. They're in the playoffs, clinched it, uh, looking to maybe try to host a game or a match or two, but all you got to do is get hot in the playoffs in the USL. You know, things are – it's almost a coin flip type situation. So for Phoenix, they're trying to solidify that spot so they don't have to make a trip against someone like the Monarchs or Reno, but I imagine they will come out, they being Phoenix, will come out full guns blazing. It's a home match with a lot of implications. So maybe we see Drogba, maybe we see Bravo. I, I haven't, we haven't seen Bravo much at all lately. So I don't, I'm not sure if there's something going on that I just, I'm unaware of. Uh, but uh, DJ Drogba did not make the trip to Sacramento. And you would think that he would maybe because it's a playoff-type situation, but I guess they could afford to keep him at home. Sean, Real, Sean Wright Phillips did come off the bench in that match against Sacramento. But uh, you would imagine it being a home match in Phoenix. It's a playoff, like I mentioned earlier. Maybe we see all the big three. It was maybe an eye. So you just have to assume that you know if it's a match that matters, uh, Phoenix is going to bring out the big guns. But we will see if that is the case. I haven't made any contacts to Phoenix to find out for sure if if that is happening. So at this point, I'm not sure. Maybe I'll tweet about it if I hear from the Phoenix Rising guys or uh, the Rising Rising is One podcast guys. If I get a hold of them and uh, get some ideas, I will be more than happy to retweet those and let my listeners and my followers know what's going on in that match. But as it stands, Wednesday. 9 p.m. Central, kickoff, Phoenix Rising. Uh, you know, the first match, Tulsa was victorious. And really, it wasn't wasn't that competitive. And, and Tulsa was playing very well at the time. Uh, Drogba made the trip, started. Uh, I believe Sean Rott Phillips came off the bench. In that. No, no, I believe he started, in fact. And they were on a tear. I mean, beat Twope Park. You know, they you know beat OKC at the time. You know, and, and I was like, man, I don't, this is going to be a tough match for Tulsa. And boy, how do you, Tulsa came in and, and took care of business at home. 3-0, I mean, uh, that I think to this point, to this day, I still think that's one of the best victories, uh, most decisive victories, whole, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to call that, to the season. Uh, maybe outside of the Open Cup match against Sa- San Antonio, but to me, for my money, I say that was the match as far as USL play is concerned. And, of course, being the Monarchs and, 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 and getting the draw there was also crucial and, and huge. But I think just from a morale standpoint and, and just the fact that you had Didier Drogba running around, I mean, my gosh, that never happens in the USL. I mean, not, I mean, not till recently, right? So to see that happen, uh, I mean, he was all over the field. I, I thought he at times looked like a really good player, like looked like 
one of the best players from, you know, EPL or whatever, you know, he, he just looked like Didier Drogba at times. But then, you know, credit to Tulsa's defense, really kept him out of the match, kept the ball away from him, which is what you have to do because he gets the ball at his feet. Look out. Maybe a little bit older, but he is a skilled player nevertheless. Anyway, that match was back in July 22nd. Seems like forever ago. But anyway, that was a 3-0 victory for Tulsa Roughnecks. And I believe this match will be a little bit more difficult further in the season. Uh, man, we had so many yellow cards in the match the other night. Holy cow. Let's talk about that for a second. Uh, I mean, it was, it was a little bit of a tense match. I thought tempers were flaring, you know, and people were, you know, a little smack talk here, a little little jab there. And I, and I think a lot of folks, at least in Tulsa's end, and, and the, the fans and supporters were a little sensitive to the fact that, you know, every time the ball did go into the uh, the goalkeeper area, he got hit, he'd go down, and, and maybe it was legit and, you know, injuries or, you know, whatever. So I don't want to sit here and speculate because I don't know, but the supporters at least were uh, voicing their displeasure and, you know, letting everyone know that they weren't very happy about it. But anyway, after I'm just looking at the result, just kind of going back to the San Antonio game just for a second, just because I was thinking about it. But, you know, Tulsa only had three yellow cards. I felt like it felt like it was a lot more than that, but it was just three for Tulsa and four to uh, San Antonio. For some reason, I was just thinking about that. I was like, man, that was, that was a, seemed like there was a lot of, you know, I don't know. But anyway, getting back off track here. But anyway, going back to the Phoenix match, it'll be a good match for sure. Uh, Nine o'clock here, central time. And 30 minutes later, that other match that I think folks will be keeping an eye on. If I can stay awake, I'll keep an eye on it. I'm just, uh, no promises, okay? But the OC and Sacramento match. I will be excited, folks. Just, this is old man Roger talking. I'm going to be excited when we get that central division so we don't have to wait up till 9.30 p.m. on the school night, right? It's, I like my eight hours of sleep, okay? Especially during training season, I'm up at 5 a.m. to go run. So 9.30 kickoffs, forget about it. It's for the birds. Anyway, uh, enough about that. But, yeah, division, central division, I will be excited, very excited about. And then if I, for some reason, don't put out a podcast this week, we do have a match at home against Seattle Sounders 2. 7 o'clock kick against in at One Oak. And just a heads up, OU plays on Saturday too. So I've already had talked to a couple people that'll be going down to Norman for that match or for that game. But anyway, hopefully Tulsa can win here Wednesday, clinch this bad boy. So we don't have to worry about this whole doing the math, trying to figure out who does what and where they're going and what team's playing, how many points do we need to get in the next two? You know what, let's just make it simple. Win, you're in. Let's get it done. Let's get it over with. Now, a question that uh, was posed to me uh, since I this is actually I'm picking up a, a recording from Sunday uh, due to some technical difficulties with not able to get it out on Monday morning. But a couple of questions that was asked uh, here, a longtime listener uh, to the show, San Antonio fan, 
shout out to you, Harry. Good man. Appreciate your support and and listening. And uh, yeah, one of the questions asked today on Twitter was, what team would I like to see the Roughnecks play, or what team the fans would like to see? And I mean, for what it's worth, you know, we've had some uh, good luck against San. Uh, wow, let me try that again. <laughs> some good luck against uh, Salt Lake City, the Monarch Salt Lake City. So, yeah, I mean, if you ended up in eighth place and you had to play those guys in the first round, you know, I like those chances better than playing Reno. You know, we just, for whatever reason, we've not played very well against them there and here, and it'll be at uh, Greater Nevada Field. I don't like those odds. I'd rather play somebody we've had success against. But here's the thing. It's the playoffs, so it really doesn't matter who we're playing. Every team's going to be good. Every team's going to be jacked. Every would matter where you're playing, the fans will be ready for that match. You know, if you get seventh place, you you know you have a slight chance of hosting a match. You know, down the line, but really, seventh, eighth place, you're you're most likely going to be playing all your matches at on the road. You know, I would have ideally liked to have seen a sixth, or you know, that that could be in play. But really, it doesn't matter. Because you may win the first round match against, you know, let's say you play Salt Lake City, you win that match. Then all of a sudden you're playing, you know, a team potentially, you know, San Antonio or a, um, a Phoenix there in the second round. Yeah, maybe you can make a little bit of run, you know, I, you know assuming San, San, or San Antonio gets fourth, but it could be uh, Reno. You know, they could get four. You know, it's just hard to tell right now. There's still a little bit, there's still some matches to play. You know, and there's and there's a log jam there, second through fourth. But, you know, Swope Park sitting there in that mix. And, you know, a lot of folks want to make a day trip, maybe get out to the playoff match. Swope Park is certainly an option. And, you know, uh, it's hard to get, you know, looking at flights to Salt Lake City. It's still pretty expensive, 300 person to get up to Salt Lake City even you know three weeks out uh, Reno is that's really a I mean let's see you want to drop some money on a flight or a single guy or gal and you just you know looking to you know spend money I guess you could make it out to Reno but doable road trips driving range type trips uh, Salt, uh, San Antonio and, and really San Antonio is kind of on the edge there but uh, Swope Park Rangers, uh, certainly within driving distance, and you can make that trip in a day, no problem. But anyway, that is all we're going to talk about today. Special thanks to BGN.FM for putting up with me and buddy Mike Mitchell, taking care of all this behind the scenes, breaking the air horns, bringing the, bringing the juice behind the scenes. Appreciate all his efforts there. And for all the listeners out there, bringing me out of retirement or whatever I was on. I appreciate all your uh, support and every nice message you've had for me over the past few weeks. Much obliged. Thank you very much. Anyway, you all have a good one. Take care of each other. God bless you. See you.